Amen. I would have to say that, uh, you know, there's been some, uh, you know, a lot of beautiful, uh, you know, message or, you know, specials that's been sung, but I'm more nervous of coming up after her singing the special than, than any of the others. Uh, you know, that, uh, that was great. You did a great job, Mariah. Uh, you know, it, uh, It came from her heart, and it shows on her face. She is a precious young child, young lady. Uh, you know, uh, this morning, as we get into this, and we are, if I'm not mistaken, we're, what, week three in the Lenten season? So we are in this, and we had our Ash Wednesday service. And to me, it was one of the most powerful services that uh, Ash Wednesday services that we were able to have. And kind of parcel to it because we actually had our children's department to come in and do this as well. And I was actually able to pray a prayer of blessing upon our young children. Uh, and that meant a lot to me as, as the pastor to be able to do that for the kids, uh, you know, and for, uh, you know, them, I, I just, uh, you know, I am so encouraged about that. But Ash Wednesday in the Lenten season, for us, it brings us into this aspect in this point in time in our lives that we are really uncomfortable with. Uh, you know, um, does anybody in here like to talk about death? Okay, so nobody raised their hand. Uh, you know, it's not a good topic. Uh, you know, we always talk about wanting to go to heaven, but we don't want to get on the bus today to get there, right? Uh, you know, I am ready for heaven, but I really, I don't want to go there today. Uh, you know, because, you know, I love this life, but also because there's a lot of people that I know around me that does not know the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ and of God, and, and they're not calling upon Him as their Lord and Savior, and I long for them to hear that and to be able to respond to that. Uh, you know, but whenever we think about this and we talk about, you know, death that makes us uncomfortable, we are part of a culture that is all about get over it and move on, Right? Uh, you know, how many of you in your job has bereavement leave? Okay, so most of the people raised their hand, haven't used it yet, but yeah, I, you know, I think I haven't. Uh, you know. <laughs> the thing about it is, is that that leave is only two to three days long. So our companies, and, uh, you know, they're saying, you know, yeah, go. Spend a little bit of time, but don't spend too long in that moment. But Lent and Ash Wednesday and what it does and what it begins and what it brings us into is it brings us into this fact that, uh, you know, as a person that I repent of my sins, it's that I die. This old person dies out. So this is a moment in time that we spend 40 days thinking about death. Did you think, did you realize that? Uh, you know, we put the ashes on, but did you realize that for the next 40 days, as we think about and as we take the time to fast and to pray to God Almighty, we are thinking about the death 
of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we think about our immortality. We think about the fact that although we work and, you know, I don't, I don't do it, but, you know, I know that there's some people that dye their hair so that the gray doesn't stand out. Uh, you know, I, I don't want the gray to show, well, you know, so we're going to dye our hair. A lot of men do that, uh, you know, they put it in their beards. Uh, you know, that's okay. You know, I'm losing it gracefully, and it will turn gray gracefully as quick as it turns loose, and I'm okay with it, uh, you know. Uh, you know, but we do, we, you know, we work out, right, so that we can live longer. We eat right so that we can live longer. There's a lot of things that we do so that we can live longer. But in this time, we think about the death. Uh, you know, this morning, I want to think about, I want us to think about, I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, in uh, the Gospel of John in the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 25, we have two resurrections that Jesus is talking about here. So let's move into this. So there's two resurrections that I want to talk to you about. There's two groups within the resurrections that I'm going to talk to you about. But there is one that provides life and that has been given authority over death that we're going to talk about as well this morning. Verse 25, it says, Very truly I tell you, the time is coming and has come and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this for the time. I'm not even changing it. Andrew, I don't have the screen back here. You've got it for me? Do not be amazed at this for a time is coming when all who are in their grave will hear his voice and come out, those who have done what is good will rise to life, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself but him who has sent me. So we have these two resurrections. I, you know, I want us to know and I want us to look and to think about this, that whenever we look into this, uh, you know, every person that has ever lived or that ever will live that dies on this earth will be raised again uh, you know, on that last day. The only ones that will not die and be raised from the grave are those that are still here on this earth whenever Jesus Christ comes back. So I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is coming back. That you or us, the ones that are here, that if we breathe our last here, that on that last day and that judgment day, we will have a body resurrection. There will be a resurrected body. The thing about it is, is that the body that we live in right now, the body that we have is, an, is a mortal body. It is designed 
to die. For us to be able to live for eternity, we have to, this body has to die. Therefore, we have to rise again and to be equipped or to be given an immortal body. The two groups that we have are the groups that the one group that believes in Jesus Christ and lives a life that is according to that life, and then those that live this life on this earth that lives it according to the flesh or according to the world system that is corrupt, so that they do not believe in God and they do not believe and they do not live a life that is accordingly. We will all rise and we will all be judged some will be judged and they will live a life of eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven and some will rise and live a life of eternity in the lake of fire in torment with Satan and all of his demons in that lake of fire forever in an immortal body that will always remain and will always suffer but will never die you have the choice this morning to either live a life that is a life that believes in Jesus Christ and that represents that life and believes and follows his commands and obeys the things that he has and live with him for eternity or you can live a life that is after the flesh and after the worldly desires and you can live in torment with Satan for eternity. For eternity. One way or the other, it's, it's your choice. But I want to talk to you about another resurrection. Because for us to be able to live a life of eternity with Jesus Christ, there has to be a second or there has to be a first resurrection. Jesus had a conversation with Nicodemus. And Jesus told Nicodemus that you have to be born of water and of spirit before you can enter into the kingdom of God. And that is the resurrection that we looking at that we look at here is the resurrection of the dead body. Scripture tells us that whenever we believe in Jesus Christ and we receive him as our Lord and Savior that we then receive that we are dead to the old body and we now have a new heart, a new mind, and we are able to think in a new way. That is the resurrection of the dead body that we are now alive through Jesus Christ. We look into this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Beginning with verse 35, going all the way through verse 58, talks about a life full of the Spirit. But I want to read to you, and I want to begin reading to you from verse 42. And it says, It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground, and we will die, but they will rise again forever. They'll rise again forever. The Spirit tells us the first, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, 
is a living or is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. We are in this aspect and in this point in time in our lives, we are in this already but not yet part of the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ has came to this earth. He has led his life and he has lived here and he ministered to us for three years. His lifespan was 33 years. And in that three years, he showed us and he told us all about heaven, but he showed us how we are supposed to live as a person on this life or on this earth in this already but not yet stage. Because we as already, we have believed in Jesus Christ, so we are already spending or living within eternity. Right? We already have a spiritual body. We have Jesus Christ that is living within us, although the shell that we are in is mortal. We already have a spirit or the spirit, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, living within us that is immortal. But we have to live here on this earth with all of the struggles that we face on this earth. We are already in eternity, but not quite yet. Because Jesus Christ has not returned, or we have not breathed our last in this mortal body. So we still have the struggles of this world, and we still have Satan, that is the leader and the commander of the heirs of this world, that is tempting us to turn away from God. That is tempting us to live by the flesh. That is trying his best to get us to not follow the Spirit of God, but to follow man's desires. We live within those. So we think about it today. The struggles that we have are struggles that are preparing us to be the person that Jesus Christ needs in heaven. Scripture tells us that. That Jesus Christ is looking for those that are worthy of living eternity in heaven. It's a life that is dedicated to Jesus Christ and to God alone. So we show that by our lives and by the way that we walk and the way that we talk and the way that we teach. The way that we love the people that is around us. Because we only love through the love of Jesus Christ. We only love because His Spirit is living within us. That's the only way that we can truly love, is by Him and through Him. The worldly system in the world that we live in and that we struggle with 
it's the worldly system that is, desi- or that is designed and that is built to meet my desires. The worldly system, we do everything that we do to protect ourselves. Our jobs that we have is so that we can have money to provide for ourselves. Our government, in looking at the government system, the government is designed to protect itself. To protect the individual people that is within it. It is a selfish and a self-centered government and desire that this world has. It doesn't have anything to do with unity. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact of loving others or helping others. We do everything for ourselves. So as Christians, as we live this life, and as we love others, and as we help others, and as we teach others, We are doing this to help them so that they would be able to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and that they would be able to live with Him for eternity. As a parent, as a father of three, as soon as each one of them was born, my desire and my focus in life at that time was to provide for them. And it took somewhere around nine or ten years for God to really get a hold of me and to help me to understand that the children that I have are His. And that all that I, that, that, all that I am supposed to do is to direct them and to show them Jesus Christ and the love of God upon them. And as soon as I turned loose of them, I was then able to truly love them in the manner that Jesus Christ and God wanted me to love them. Until then, my daughter was going to be a children's pastor. But now I love her because she is my daughter and she is the child of God. My firstborn I wanted him to be a doctor. More importantly, I wanted him to protect his sister. But you know what? That didn't happen. He's not a doctor. He used to be a truck driver. He's a professional driver. But now he is doing what God has called him to do. And he is working sound for a church. I praise God that I was able to turn loose and allow him to be who God needed him to be and not who I wanted him to be. But we have to be able to live this life as as unselfishly as we possibly can. And the only way that we can do that is if God is at the center of our lives. 
And with God at the center of our lives and us doing everything that we can do for God, living this life in a manner that is obedient to His commands, then we can then allow the people around us to be the people that God has chosen them to be. I'm getting way off the message, but that's okay for us this morning. I I want you to know that as a pastor... Every single day, I have to remind myself that this is not my church, but this is God's church. Because trust me, there's a lot of things that I wanted to do in this church that we haven't done. Because it's things that I wanted to do, and not things that God wanted to do, and things that God wanted to accomplish. God is asking us to be willing to trust wholeheartedly in Him and turn loose of everything that we have. The new life, the new resurrected life. So I've talked to you about the two groups, right? The one group that follows God and the one group that doesn't follow God. That's the two groups. Those are simple. The one group that follows God has the second resurrection because we get rid of the old life and we follow the new life. We have a resurrected soul. We are new creatures. But whenever we die and we have the judgment day of Jesus Christ, we will rise again and we will have a new body, a new body that is designed after Jesus Christ. We have a new body that is for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 42 through 44, it tells us what our bodies will be like. Talking about our new bodies. Our resurrected body. The first thing that they will be is that they'll be immortal. Scripture tells us that our earthly body are planted in the ground and when we die, but they will be raised again to live forever. An immortal body. A body that has no more pain, that has no more struggles. It will be a perfect body that will stand before Jesus Christ on judgment day. It will be a body with no blemishes. It will be a glorious body. It will be a glorious body because it's a body that is made pure and perfect. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Be raised in glory. In glory for God, it will be to shine and to show that what Jesus Christ has done in our lives as we were here on this earth, they will be glorified in His presence as we stand before Him as a witness to who He is as we bow before Him 
and worship Him and Him alone. Our bodies that we will receive will be bodies that, will, that are powerful. The scripture in 43b, it says, They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Be raised in strength, not weakness. Because we as humans here on this earth, we are weak. But only he is strong. Hey, that's a song, isn't it? Amen, man. I got that. The fourth thing, they are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies, as spiritual bodies. Now, they, we will have bones and we'll have flesh and we'll be able to know who is who. Scripture tells us that we will know the people that's around us. I will know that Peggy is my wife but she will not be my wife in heaven. Because all I'm going to be doing is praising God. And I toy with this because I still love golf. And there is no prettier place to be than on a golf course whenever it is lush in its greenness and the greens are nice and soft and you can hit a bad shot and it will still stick on the green. I, you know, that is the prettiest place that you can ever be. And all of your tee shots will be straight and long in the middle of the fairway. Man, there's going to be a bunch of perfect scores of golf in heaven, isn't it? Whoo, man. But you know, all that is going to pale in comparison to the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That we will live with Him in glorified bodies and we will live with Him for eternity, worshiping and praising Him. No more pain. No more worries. Man. But today, as we even think about this, the, the marvelous and the wonders of what we have through this resurrected life and through believing in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and having His Spirit that lives within us. As we look at that and as we think about that, I go to this. I don't go to that. I go to John chapter 5 verse 26. And in John chapter 5, verse 26, it says, As the Father has life in Himself, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. So God created all things. We go back to the beginning. That in the beginning was God, and God created all things. Uh, you know, and we see this in that God brought about life and He brought about order into the chaos of this lost world. And as He is doing that throughout the days, He has given Jesus Christ authority over life. And that Jesus Christ that He has given the authority over life is living within us so that now we have life that is living within us. And guys, ladies and gentlemen, that, that goes off into hundreds of avenues. The love that we give is life-giving love. 
the words of encouragement that we give is life-giving words of encouragement because Jesus Christ is living within us. We have the ability to encourage one another or we have the ability to destroy one another with the words that we say. If we are speaking and living and loving in the manner that God loves within us, then we speak words of life. We speak words of encouragement, words of love. We speak words of hope. Because Jesus Christ is living within us. find it really kind of good and cool within this part that we go into this and we look you know when we look into that passage of scripture and it talks about you know the the authority of God that's being transferred and that's being given to Jesus Christ if you go on and if you pass uh, you know um, uh, you know verse 30 then you'll find that Jesus then begins and he talks about him witnessing for himself And he says, if I witness for myself, then my witness has no merit. So in other words, if I'm just simply boasting about myself, then it's boasting and it doesn't have anything to hold on to. And there's nothing firm that's there for us. So then he goes in and he goes into verse 30. And this is where we are in verse 30, John chapter 5, verse 30 and he testifies, he says, if I, to, if I were to testify on my own behalf, my testimony is invalid. So Jesus is not going to testify on himself, but then we go and we look, and in John chapter 5, verses 33 through 35, we find that these words and these scriptures, this scripture here is John the Baptist witnessing and testifying about who Jesus Christ is. So now John the Baptist chimes in and John the Baptist says, this is the Messiah. You remember that? And he tells his own disciples, he says, go and follow him because he's the true Messiah. And two of his disciples go and follow Jesus Christ. In verse 36, the witness of the work of Jesus Christ testifies to who Jesus is. The Pharisees even speak And they say, we know that you have come from God because of the works that you do. We know that the healing and the power that is within you can only come from God Almighty. So Jesus, by Him healing us, and by Him healing the lepers and the blind, and all the ministry and all the works that He did, proves who He is. So the one that gives us life is now proving to us that he is worthy of the one of being able to do that. Do you see this? It's not just simply Jesus just witnessing to himself. So then we go in. And then we have the witness of the Father. In verses 37 and 38. But before we get there, Before you can even get to these passages of Scripture, you have the baptism of Jesus Christ. And whenever Jesus came up from the waters, a loud voice from heaven came down and and the dove came down and settled upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit settled upon Jesus and these words were spoken. It says, this is my son 
who I am well pleased. Or this is my son in whom I love. God testifies to who Jesus Christ is. Giving us proof. And the last thing that we see is that Scripture in itself gives witness to who Jesus Christ is. So if my math is correct, there's four people that witness to who Jesus Christ is and to the authority that Jesus Christ has. Four here within this chapter. I give you this today. Because in all of this, I want us to know and to understand that Jesus Christ, the one that invites us to live with Him and that invites us to have an eternal life living with Him in heaven for eternity, that one has the authority over life and death. And that He is going to be the one that is going to judge all eternity. He has that authority. It's not just him that says it. It's John the Baptist that says it. His father says it. His work, his life says it. Scripture says it. Today, the one that has the final word is Jesus Christ. It's not death. Today, we put our faith in the one that has life. Not in the worldly system that is all about self. And the only thing that it has to offer is death. Jesus Christ alone through the authority, or through His Father, gives life. Life only has rule and authority in our lives if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we ask for forgiveness, if we ask His Son to, God's Son to come and to live within us, and that we obey His commands, His teachings, we have life living within us. We have stepped over into eternity. Death no longer has the last word. We are resurrected in Jesus Christ as his children, as his followers. He's the one that we turn to today. He's the one that we believe in today. He's the one that gives us life 
today. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for today. God, we thank you for the words that we receive here this morning. God, we thank you for your Son that came to this earth to die for us. God, we thank you for the life that you have given to us through him. The authority that you have given to him. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we pray, God, that we would live this life in step with him. Loving in the manner that you would have for us to love. Living in the manner that you would have for us to live. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.